Hey there, Fade and listeners. This is your host, Tess Pelicano. In this episode, my guest and I will be covering the ups and downs of what was a very eventful 48-hour film project, New Haven Filmmaking Weekend. For those who aren't familiar, 48 Hours is a contest put on in cities all over the world in which each filmmaking team must write, shoot, and edit a short film all within 48 hours. Each team is assigned a genre, character, prop, and line of dialogue that must be in their film, but the rest is only limited by your team's creativity. To get more in-depth background on the festival itself, check out their website at 48hourfilm.com and part two of our fade-in interview with Trish Clark, the city producer for 48-Hour Film Project New Haven, which is exclusively on our Facebook page, Connecticut Filmworks. So let's get straight to the episode. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Fade In, Episode 8, Connecticut Filmworks Postmortem of our eventful second year participating in 48-Hour Film Project New Haven. Oh, You're going to learn recording. so much. I'm learning so much. All right. So, uh, Hopefully our audience will learn so much today. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so here we go. This is the, uh, the anyway you go. This is Tess Pelicano from Connecticut Filmworks, and you're listening to Fade In, recorded under the Baobab Tree at Baobab Tree Studios. In three, two, one, action. I just get like a beeping in my ear now, so it's like, whoa. <laughs> I didn't hear the beep. I I heard it faintly from my headphones, and then now it's like right here in my ear. (laughs) Sorry, Christian. No, it's not your fault. Like it's weird. (laughs) What a way to start our show. We're in Dave's basement today. This is yay. We never had clapping sounds on the podcast either. So we thought we'd spike the audio, but first time for everything. It was a first time for everything. So we're just going to talk today about. Our 48, yep, our crazy yep. 48 weekend. Yeah, that thing happened. There is a lot to talk about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that thing happened. That pretty much sums it up. <laughs> Actually, there's a picture on our Twitter page, which is at CT Filmworks. You all know that, but our audience does not know that. At CT Filmworks, of us in the bathroom. And it basically, I was like, this is the summary of our weekend. Yeah. Just we bonded in a bathroom. That's basically Yeah, the and summer. I think we fit like 10 people in the bathroom at one point or something crazy like that. Your picture probably shows yeah, well. Yeah, there's, yeah. I'm not even in the picture, but it's like 10 people, including me, in the bathroom. Well, thank goodness the bathroom had been recently renovated. <laughs> so you didn't yeah. want to be in that old bathroom. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that, then it would be a horror film no matter what we well, did. Well, it was a horror film for me. That's why you renovated exactly. it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, really. That's true. the whole reason. Started like, the whole thing. Well, it was like Tess's nightmare came to life that's with true. somebody in the shower and just ripping the shower curtain. We still did that. It was just a nicer bathroom. They still right. were in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> so turns out the writing process was, what does Tess hate? <laughs> Let's make that into scenes. Yes. Spies, yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about that while you brought it up. Let's start at the beginning. The writing process of this crazy weekend, or the start of this crazy weekend, started with the writing process that's of right. it. That's right. And that's, that was you, Babs. That was me and mm. my amazing friend, Gina Gold, who is yeah. a brilliant, brilliant writer and very, very kind individual who said, <laughs> I will certainly Skype with you for five hours straight. From L.A.? <laughs> From Los Angeles. Yeah. E- even though she's in the middle of, I think, writing for two different shows right now. So yeah. she was... 
Very, very nice of her to do that. And the great thing is Gina and I had worked together before when I lived in L.A. And we did sketch comedies and fun things together. We wrote children's books, uh, all kinds of crazy things. And so I just knew she would be a perfect person to, you know, bounce ideas off of. And she was incredibly organized and she just writes under deadlines all the time. So it helped a lot. We talked a little bit about the genres beforehand, like trying to get an idea of we knew it would be at the house somewhere. We knew the weather wasn't supposed to be so great. So we kept saying, indoors, this house, what could we do? So yeah. we did the best we could do. But In four hours. You banged it out in like we, four hours. We, we did. And we had an idea of our cast. You know, I had talked mm. to Yuval ahead of time. Like I knew he could do a whole bunch of accents. You know, you just yeah. started to... And I knew we had to get a flamenco dancer in there somehow. Like it just... Or, uh, yeah. You know, it, it was like a giant improv... Uh, you know, one of those improv games you play where you say, okay, okay, you need three characters, they have to do this, and you're in a prison. Go. You know, <laughs> that was pretty much it. That's Turns how. out you couldn't have a lot of locations in a house. I, yeah, I didn't think about that part, really. Because, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Barbara did not think about it. I just that. thought, it's all in the house. How easy is that? Oh, yeah, just pick up the crew, the gear, just move it here and move it over there. I, not a big deal. You know, you know what it is? I'm watching things, those TV shows with too much of the handheld camera thinking, oh, that's easy enough to yeah, do. Yeah, talk to the director about that. Yeah, well, you <laughs> didn't know. So we were more yeah. concerned about getting a story. And once you said fish out of water was our genre, then that sort of like upped our made yeah. our cast a little bigger too, yeah. And so then we you know we got going. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit because our casting was so bizarre. Like we initially booked the three: uh, Billy Brannigan, Ellie Smokler, and uh, Yuval David. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ellie and Billy we had worked with before, so we knew we loved. And I know for a while you wanted to work with Yuval. Mm-hmm. So it's like we had these three great actors, yep. but then serendipitously. How many actors did we... How many characters did we end up with? Six characters because the genre really lent itself to it. Part of it, too, was with the scheduling. You've all... Remember, his mother was coming to town. Yeah. And it was this crazy thing of either he's in with his mom, who happens to be an amazing flamenco dancer, like world-renowned choreographer, performer, flamenco dancer, or he's really got to spend time with his mom so he won't be available. So I'm like, hmm... Two actors or zero actors? <laughs> I would pick two. Fine, we can make room for a flamenco dancer. Again, it's improv. That's basically yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. And then I'm an actress, and I worked with Gina in the past. And then our son, we drag into any film that we need a kid. Which is <laughs> Cameron helpful. can be seen in almost all of our films. <laughs> <laughs> He's 11 years old. He is the most reluctant the most high-maintenance actor that you will see, oh but God. he'll probably be the one who gets, like, the most, like, attention from this whole thing. Which we were hilarious. very close to getting him his, like, own, like, trailer. <laughs> <laughs> if but we have enough footage of Cam. You would think that, you know, any 11-year-old would be like, cool, I'm in a movie that he couldn't, he's, like, couldn't so disenchanted yeah. by the whole experience. <laughs> he's I like, know. oh, God, again? I really? That's because he sees his dad working so hard just to <laughs> prep for a two minute thing yeah. he's like oh this is a lot of work so yeah. anyway. I was I was almost afraid to give him notes because I was like I don't want to upset him and then ruin his performance <laughs> you know and it's not like we can recast him he's yeah. the only 11 year old in the house so. yeah <laughs> like, I was trying to like delicately be like well if you try to be a little more like He's, scheming about it. 
<laughs> and he was like, yeah, I got it. He does eventually, <laughs> and he gets it, and he does a perfectly good job. Yeah. Yes, it's all that. great. Around, but oh, so, yeah. but the genre was really once because my worry was to book too many actors. Then mm. if I, we booked six. If we had booked six actors ahead of time, then we have to write six good parts. Yeah, and sometimes the you know some of the movies we saw there were only three, four actors in it. Yeah, and you can't really write six great parts in three hours. It's no. really hard. No. So, but once we got the genre fish out of water, that sort of implies someone coming into an environment that is unusual or uncomfortable or something. And so that's when we said, okay, it's going to be an Airbnb guest and he shows up at this crazy house and there's all these crazy people and this family that's really unusual. Mm. So that really lent it to... And, and the part... Tandy Dixon, I had played before, actually, in a sketch comedy we had done. And Jean actually said, oh, you can play your crazy PTA woman. I'm like, done. Because <laughs> I don't have time to go crazy. Yeah, I don't, have, to, yeah, I don't yeah. have time to do another one. I was like, oh, she's and she's got children. That'll be Billy and Ellie. And, and there's a fortune teller who we had to put in the cast anyway as part of the contest. Yeah. And that could be Yuval's mother. And we can have her dance. And Yuval happens to do great accents so he can be spanish and russian and everything we need him to be so oh my god even the drone got a, a whole part and the drone that was <laughs> kind of the seventh character i was, yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say yeah. We, yeah. we started yeah. with three and then we got seven that's pretty much it yes yeah. so, seven characters so when you came out with the script uh oh, when when um when when, when babs came out when with babs came out with the script and handed it to us we just kept turning And turning. And turning. Yeah. And turning. <laughs> and turning. It's one day to shoot this thing, and how many pages was it? A lot. We were like, yeah. okay, there's a scene in the kitchen. There's a scene pages. in the Now, living see, room. Again, I'm not bathroom. so much great with the technical part, so I was like, I'm just putting the story together. <laughs> I was like, oh, we and I knew everyone was so funny. I knew Ellie was so funny. I was like, oh, we got to give her this great bathroom scene where she seduces him, or we have to give the flamenco thing where she's, you know, testing him. And so we just kept adding, and Billy is so funny. Like, oh, he's got to get him into the Bitcoin. So... Yeah, I really was worried at first about getting just four minutes of funny, and we ended up getting really like nine, nine minutes, minutes of funny. funny. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how was that for you, Christian? Like you, she she Horrible. writes it in a room. I walked in at one point. You were sitting on the floor with the laptop, just like with Gina, voice coming out of the laptop, and then they emerged with the script, and you kept turning because you were you could not believe how long it was and how many scenes we would have to do. Talk it, about it was that. basically like. Everything went into slow motion, and it was just Babs walking slowly, and just like a close-up on the stack of paper of the screen, and, I, and, and it was just <laughs> rising and rising, and I was like, what? <laughs> but, but I signed up for the, this? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and we go reading through it, and I was like, okay... I stayed up till probably 3.45 that morning, uh, going through the script, marking yeah. beats, and... Uh, Uh, coming up with shots and things and I kind of overdid it and then the next morning we started like majorly cutting for time yeah the problem with that was the script that Babs and Gina came up with was really tightly written and everything uh, flowed with, with each other every character had its place every scene kind of added to the story and I was going over my shots in the script again and again thinking All right, worst comes to worst, what can we cut? 
and there really wasn't anything <laughs> that really wasn't I was just like, sorry, one not freaking sorry. scene that I could cut because as soon as you cut one character or one scene, it all kinds kind of falls apart because you halt the momentum of the r- rising stakes and of the building of the scenes, and mm. it like totally takes away from the end of the movie, and so I was like. We're just, we're just gonna have to shoot every scene, and worst comes to worst, we're gonna have like totally incomplete coverage, which we ended up having totally incomplete coverage. Uh, but thanks to our amazing cast, uh, we pulled it together because they were they like Billy and Yuval had such great performances that you could cut into a two shot of them for a very long time, and they would captivate you. Because because when Billy has that moment where he's like, get out there, sport, like every time that hits and it works. Yeah. And so even though we didn't have coverage and I literally couldn't cut to anything else because that yeah. was like the only shot we had of that. There was like one more a little bit closer, but we didn't have to cut away too much. Yeah. In some places we grabbed extra inserts to like patch some holes, but for the most part, for the vast majority of it, the cast was so good, it really kind of saved our butts. (laughs) The common misconception is that you get the one good take and you use it, right? Well, usually what happens is you shoot your coverage and you have multiple angles, and then you splice the performance together from different takes. So there is no, like, you use take three. It's like you use take three for these two seconds, and you use take five for those six seconds later. But because we didn't have our coverage we couldn't cut to anything so we had to decide like we had to either go to an insert shot of like the drone or something else that would and it has to add to the story of course and then but then yeah we had to like largely rely on one take and one performance the problem was there were bits and pieces throughout the takes that were really good and so the challenge was how do we use this good bit mask the cut and then use that good bit from the next (laughs) shot right Um, And um, thankfully, a a lot of the bathroom shots, like the second half of that scene, uh, once once we we got the lines and the blocking and everything, uh, it was mostly good coverage and good shots and performances were were good. But that one was tough because we were all crammed in there. (laughs) Um, And Ellie was trying to put basically a stranger's ro- lollipop in her mouth and being like... <laughs> like an actual mm, lollipop, guys. Not, is, uh, like a, not like a metaphorical yeah. lollipop. Yeah, like, yeah. No. <laughs> and Val came to her in between takes and he was like, I'm, I'm sorry, I promise I floss every morning. <laughs> like, yeah, so, so, oh, yeah. so like once we were through a couple takes of it, I was like, you don't have to just put... Don't put the full thing in your mouth. Just kind of give it like a weird small lick, which I think... Ended up kind of working creepily it. better for the scene. <laughs> it's so creepy. So yeah, there was no way to not do it dirty. It's, it was like. so funny because in the shot you clear like you don't know if you if you weren't there on set, but like you clearly see her her face going from sexy to gross to sexy to gross <laughs> because it's like yeah. lollipop in my mouth, but I'm supposed to be sexy. And yeah. It like elevated the scene to an 11. It, oh. oh my God. Yeah. We, we had a tough time editing because we were <laughs> laughing every time we played through the <laughs> shots. I, I remember. And it I would just realize too, a lot of the other teams in their films used 
they had, if they had a kid in the movie, the kid had the lollipop. Yes. But I don't think it went through our minds at all to give a child the prop that we had to use. We're like, of course it's going to be Ellie, and of course she's going to be using it in a sexy way. Like, there was no... I feel like there might be something wrong with us. Well, when Gina and I were writing the part, you know, and we were like, of course she's this incredibly lonely woman because she's had this child, and she was young, but she's brilliant, and she's crazy, and whatever... And as soon as the lollipop, I was like, well, she's got to put the lollipop in her mouth. And and absolutely. And when Gina came up with the line that says, you know, because in the scene, she's trying to get him to marry her because he, you know, she needs, she's so lonely. And she's like, it's fate that you're here. She's like, Mitchie needs a padre. And we... <laughs> like, you could say that line and it'd just be like, oh, that's cute. But yeah. Ellie just, the way that she said it was just unbelievable. Gina and I, I said, we've got really good people. I want everyone to have something juicy, like something for their real that they would say, look at me, do, you know, because we are asking for their time. We're asking them to come in and do this for free. And, you know, I'm an actor. Like you want to do something that you're, you know, enjoy. I knew it was a project and a contest and who knows what is going to happen from it. But yeah. I felt bad for Billy because we kept pushing his scene further and further down the schedule of the shoot day. And he was there like sleeping. He but was yeah. chilling on this couch that yeah. we're sitting on now. He's just, uh, but, he's very low key. He's very like easygoing. Yeah. I mean, it does. I could see how it does frustrate him, but he doesn't like tell and he doesn't complain about it. He's just very much like I understand how this works, you know. Yeah, and it's a problem. And then he's like on as soon yeah. as we called him. Like he did, he did his entrance to the scene in one take. Yeah, like yeah. you made him do a few more takes just for coverage, but. He got it in the first. It was like unbelievable. He, so he we totally were did. we were so lucky. Hi, you're listening. Hi, this is Tess Pelicano from Connecticut Filmworks, and you're listening to Fade In, usually recorded under the Baobab Tree at Baobab Tree Studios. I don't know if it is normally this way on a set, but I was the only woman behind the camera, mm -hmm. whereas we had you, Ellie, and Ziva in front of the camera. So it's like we we had more than just one woman on set, but I was the only woman like on the crew, and I don't know if that's normal, that it's mostly a boys' club. Well, I noticed when we went to see the, our, even, and it was just the first part of the movies that they showed, and they said, you know, the team leader should get up there, or the directors. Yeah, or it was all dudes. All men. It was all men. It's poor Trish at the <laughs> end there. I was like, oh, and no wonder. Trish, yeah. I was going to go up, but I felt, I feel like I was just the producer. I wasn't like the first time director steering the ship as you were, Christian. So I was like, I think Christian needs to go up. And also, I didn't really want to get up in front of a whole bunch of people, so I was like, "Chris, you can do it." Well, but the like, whole thing was like the film stopped and everybody starts leaving, and then Trish walks on on the thing and says, "Hey, this is a Q and A," and everybody's like, "What?" But <laughs> in retrospect, having all the dudes on stage, yeah. it was entirely men. I feel like I well, should have represented. Some, <laughs> some of the teams went up with like two members. Yeah. So yeah. we should, we could have Some dude brought run. his infant. That's cheating. Yeah. yeah. Like. <laughs> oh, I think it was the little girl. Yep. So technically, there was she a girl was a on cast stage. member. That is true. Yeah. She's the she youngest was, ever uh, cast cute. member. Yeah. Um, for forty eight. Yeah. Oh, that's so. Oh, she's so. I cute. was I was actually banking on the fact that because it's a, 
it's a bunch of like filmmakers that are asking the questions it was gonna be like largely like oh how did you do this like how did you boom in the car or what what the question was so i was like we didn't do anything that like looks like you wouldn't know how it's done so i was like we probably won't get many questions so i went up there i was like i was like i'll just i'll just say something if something pops up but most likely we won't have questions i thought it was interesting though that we of the movies that we saw the q a it seemed like the other teams didn't really have it and maybe that's just me. I like to be prepared like David likes to be prepared. Like, I want a script. We I wanted a script done. Yeah. And I want a script done by 1030 that night. And this is what we work on. And let's move along. Yeah. Because my thing is, there are so many other question marks going on during the process. The last thing, what do I say? What does he say? What's the scene? Yeah. So, but they talked about making changes or, or coming up with dialogue during the set, you know, during the shoot, which I thought would be just another added headache for every, everyone else so yeah. I thought that well, was interesting it's it's one thing if you pull like you know a genre that lends itself to two characters and a simple scene where you could probably improv a lot more yeah. with our thing we relied so heavily on good dialogue and a lot of characters there were there was a lot less mm. wiggle room there to improv or whatnot yeah. we like like we we did more improv with our shot choices than with our <laughs> writing. <laughs> with our you know? Yeah, and and that's why I think it was interesting because I I don't know if you remember Christian, but when you went up there and they talked about the process a little bit, and they were like, well, we came up with a story and we talked about it, and then the actors and we added some things and what. And Christian's like, oh no, the writers went into a room and they wrote a script and then they came out and then we started working on the script. Like that. And then we had a plan. <laughs> like I wanted to make sure going into this that I had I absolutely needed to have my beats marked out I I needed to go through the script and I needed to know in every little sort of like point of attack in the dialogue almost that I know what like sort of actable word I could use to guide the performance well you had planned out a theme ahead of time or not ahead of time but while you were going through your script you made sure to have a specific theme how did you visualize this metaphorically. So that's kind of my process. So I, I go into a script, I do a read-through, and then on the then I mark it. So I write down whose scene is this, what do they want, who's opposed to them, what does the opposed character want. And so in this char- this example it was, this was Yuval's film. He wanted to get away from from the threat that's that's chasing him and succeed in his plan and opposed was this family that wanted to keep him in the house and then there's that big question what is this about right which kind of gets you at your theme sort of and so I was thinking what situation can I relate to that can then supply me a theme and this whole idea of them trying to keep him made me think of a prison and so I was like let it would be fun if we played this like a like if it is a prison and like if Sandy is this jailer and then all the other characters are sort of like the inmates and evolves like the new guy in jail, right? Mm-hmm. Like like this, this is going to be a weird, funny Shawshank Redemption or something. <laughs> oh, very much like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest meets yeah. Shawshank Redemption. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that theme then influences everything. And then what I also do is I do a second pass through the script where I mark each sort of beat, which is just sort of sort of just an action and reaction from two characters and then each action and reaction needs their own actable word because it's like a strategy of attack right so it's like in the first scene where sandy sees uh and antonio 
like the word Antonina. Well, when they meet each other, it's like it's it's like he's trying to like when you know brownie points or friendship points with the jailer and it's like she's trying to arrest him and it's like you have these words with each action and reaction that you can then utilize and so what we did is for example uh with our wide angles i tried to make him feel boxy and staged so that it kind of felt like a systemic prison-like structure um when we did a table read i was trying to to explain the theme of the prison to the actors and you can use it through anything like i mean if if we had had time we could have done some things with set decoration like i don't know maybe you can put like i don't know just off, bars off on the, the top of my head i was gonna say yeah like like what if what if the windows had bars and then he'd be like no that's just so the birds don't fly in the house i don't know like something <laughs> Yeah, so so that theme then can be reinforced through anything from set design to dialogue to performance to shot choice to anything. Yeah. So I was doing that till four in the morning. Oh, my God. I don't know how you guys functioned. Yeah, so Dave... I know you've been a little. Qu- it's been surprisingly quiet through the through the talk. <laughs> well, because I'm so focused on mixing, um, <laughs> I'm learning how to mix as we've been going along. You're yeah. going to have a lot of fun editing. Oh yeah, but um, <laughs> but uh, I'm also tired too. So uh, oh god, you know, after Christian had the script, put together the themes, what he wanted to do. How did you? And I know you worked very closely with Dylan. How did you two work out? Honestly, uh, once we get the script and we're like, okay, this is this is the the the, the madness that we're getting ourselves into. Uh, essentially, we sat down with Christian, Dylan, and myself uh, at I don't morning. know, it was uh, <laughs> like midnight or eleven thirty after the uh, script department delivered their six and a half page script, <laughs> and we just went through and we were like, basically, the the idea is okay. We want to try to economize our setups, so. If we start in the living room, what can be shot around that space? So that was shot, you know, we would be uh, the dining room to the living room. And we essentially, I think, just moved the camera around the house and whatever had to be picked up in that part of the house is what we would set up, we would plan for uh, the night before. And I think it worked out for the most part. I mean, we were very organized in the sense that it's like, okay, the writing's done, check. Go to the next thing. All right, the director's done, check. Go to Dave. Go to go to Dylan. They're gonna work out shots with you. Check. And it's like. And then when we had all the shots done on Saturday, it's like, okay, that section's done. Let's move on to editing. And it's like every you were so in everything you were doing, and it was like so much focus in there. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just nuts. Yeah. And, and and you know one thing about the editing actually that was really important. Editing can take forever, and normally for me, when I edit, it takes, uh, for, for every minute you see on screen, it takes about three hours. Three That's hours. For sound, picture cleaning up, just editing, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we actually had two workstations in one room, and Matt, our editor, he was basically what I call the hot box, because the room was really warm, and we had a big fan blowing on him. But Matt Geofino? Is that he's a Geofino? Sorry, Ge- Matt, if we put such a name. <laughs> Matt, I think it's Geofino. Yeah. I want to make uh, sure we say his name. So Matt started ingesting clips as we were shooting, and he was logging and plugging in the metadata. 
and we had another, um, once we got to the full-on editing mode, then Christian was working with Matt, and then I was in a, on a neighboring computer working on sound effects and collecting sound effects <laughs> and actually making them from scratch after the shoot was done, and I'm walking around the house at 1 o'clock in the morning <laughs> recording squeaky doors and other things and then handing them off these clips off to um, Matt and uh, Christian to dump into the timeline, and then I was looking and listening. We didn't have any music ultimately, but so we were actually, uh, we had three people running at the same time just to yeah. try to keep up with getting the thing done <laughs> and out the door at the very last minute anyway. Well, and I have to say, with your recording, the little sound things that we needed, that, that really helped so much. It helped, you know, it sounds like a little thing, but it helped so much because if you you know, get a, a download, you know, a sound that's already been pre-recorded. And you have all these licensing issues right. and all this. We'd have to fill out even more paper, like five pieces there was of paper. Right, 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 yeah. right, right, so right. thank God we could say, nope, we recorded all our... And the next morning, I remember Sunday morning, we still were recording a couple little things. Yeah. And Cameron would be on phone with his friend. He goes, hold on, my dad needs to record something, so you need to be quiet. He <laughs> <laughs> was like playing his video game. Like it was that talking to somebody. Like Squeaky Door was my favorite. That was the Squeaky that Door just... of Billy. That made Billy Squeaky Door made all the difference in the world. Right. Just like standing there with his arm up, like I know. a little like hey. <laughs> and you know what, by the way, that squeaky door sound effect is our bathroom door. And it's still is that that's our bathroom door. And you know what? The faster I got different like just by closing it slowly and then opening it quickly gives you that so, <laughs> that totally fooled me because I thought it was really Cameron's no, door. No, 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 no. And I thought, boy, we need to oil that door. Because I never <laughs> noticed how squeaky it is. And, and actually, for the uh, director's cut, uh, when you and Yuval opened the door yeah. to show off Cameron's or Mitchell's room, yeah. I had to add, I, I went in and added the same squeaky bit back into that door because it's the same door. But I, I'm also adding another sound into that. And speaking of that, I'm adding in a video game sound because Cam's playing the video game. I'm going to add a laptop, funk clothes, um, and all sorts of all that layering goes in there, um, just just to kind of you know to make it more lively and things going on. It, it's I love the whole sound thing and, and walking around the house and recording sounds, it's going hilarious. oh that's going to sound great for this, and I love it. So. And let's not forget that our main editing computer was armed with a exceptional Toshiba hard drive. <laughs> oh. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, so, basically, wait, what happened there? basically for our listeners, what happened was we start editing, and and we're cutting and we're doing thing, and and during parts of it, the computer just starts being like. Hold on, hold on, guys. I need to load this. Like, I need to load this for a while. And we eventually take a break because we're like, let's give the computer a minute to just breathe, I guess. <laughs> and then later, later when we're importing the extra sounds and extra uh, insert shots and whatnot um, that we were doing the next morning, I, I go to Matt and I go, oh, so which drive do I put them into? And he goes, put them in the Toshiba. And Dave goes, what? What? <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's like that little notebook drive. You've been editing on the notebook drive the whole time. And meanwhile, you've got the giant thing right next to it. Oh yeah, like right in front of them. I have these two like professional video editing hard drives like right in front of them. But the one he chose was this tiny little Toshiba, you know, you it get it like at a Staples thing. And it was oh. like a tenth the size of those G drives. Oh, oh and it was God. funny. And I'm like, 
No wonder why it's been hanging up going, well, wait, wait, guys, wait, I'm trying to catch up here. And um, so, uh, yeah, we, um, well, you know what, it's my bad, I didn't explain to, but you know what? That little drive, that little Toshiba drive, it handled the whole thing okay. So yeah. I heard it. We edited I the believe. whole thing. I have to say, I feel like we've learned a lot for next year. Like we really have uh, learned a lot of, like, I know, not too many setups anymore. I get that part. Yeah, and four pages. <laughs> and try to do four. Well, the story is, I sound like such a writer. The story is what it is, David. <laughs> Yeah, you, you want to get the story done? Four pages. Yeah, but I've got these actors. Yeah, everyone needs a we you know exact who are with, really fantastic. So we had three, and then we had six, and then it was like, okay, we well, now six. we need to accommodate yeah, all of them. We need a Guys, family. We're gonna have to put in a to be continued there. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say though, the process itself, like, I had a great time. Like on yeah. Saturday, the shoot day, as stressful as it was, you know, the great thing is, Christian, you as a director, it really showed your metal as far as. You know, this is a tough situation. Here we are. We got a lot going on. There's a bunch of stuff you can't do, but you just like focus on the positive. And everybody, the crew, even though they were new, everyone was new. And it's not exactly glamorous and fun. It's sweaty and hot and whatever. Everyone was stinky feet. Yeah, everyone was like happy and like, oh, I'm happy to be here. Whatever. Even by eight o'clock, nine o'clock, they're still happy to be here, which is yeah, which is terrific. You know, that That's was a real nice. testament. Half smile, like yeah, we're doing this, guys. They yeah, made let's it. Let's go. And John's holding the boom up. His arms are shaking. He's yep. like, I'm fine. I'm still here. I love it. <laughs> I love the show business. And, you know, sometimes it's just a lot of work, you know, and just, but it was, we, you know, really positive and great, and it was great. Thank Um, you. It was fun. Hi, I'm Christian Sokolay from Connecticut Filmworks, and you're listening to Fade In, recorded at the, no, under. (laughs) My bad. Hi, I'm Christian Sokolay from Connecticut Filmworks, and you're listening to Fade In, recorded under the Baobab Tree at Baobab Tree Studios. Well, it's funny because, yeah, people said, oh, yeah, we use drone shots for this and that. I'm like, no, no, no. We, we, the drone is a, is a character. character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With a name and everything. <laughs> With less too. <laughs> it seems like we take the ideas from every film and then we go, no, we're going to step this up. Three times more. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm driving home Friday after Barbara's and uh, Gina. They're working on the script, and 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 I and I get this text. Oh yeah, we need a drone. We need the drone. And I'm like, oh yeah, the drone's broken. Like it's dead. And Barbara writes back, well, what do you mean it's dead? I said, yeah, I ran it into a tree at Cameron's birthday party. Uh, well, you got to get one. And I actually called a hobby store and left a message for them to call me at nine o'clock the next morning. Well, when I got home, there's Dylan, and I think you were there, and Abe, Abe and I pull out the drone, and I take it apart and actually put it back together, (laughs) and the stoop, oh, we took it out to the, at middle of the night, we took it out to the front yard. There are pictures on our Twitter page of this. Drone of you flying it at night to and like praying yeah, to make sure yeah, that the, yeah, yeah. the propeller so works. I was like, I don't care if you got to put it on a fishing line and hang it outside the window, but it's got to peek in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imagine so, if we had done that. Well, let me tell you <laughs> Why something. Why are the propellers not spinning? That's so weird. <laughs> Listen, I have maybe three hours of drone flying experience. Oh, yeah, we want this to hover outside the house. And Christian's like, yeah, I want it to dance in and dance back. And I'm like, what? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, and then and then like on cue, pop it up yep. and fly away. And meanwhile, there's like Hi. wind gusts out there. The thing's all over the place. And I, I, I cracked, I think, three different drone uh, prop blades for the different times. Either crashed into the house. Or it crashed into the grill and all sorts of other things that you guys didn't know about. I'm going to need can... you to do a barrel roll now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what? Put the oh. camera on the oh. drone this time. And the other problem, too, with the drone is, okay, uh, I'm going to listen to try to listen to Christian's direction as I'm sitting on the grass oh, trying God. to fly in the stupid drone. And, I'm, and I hear all I hear is... And I'm like, I can't hear them. I can't hear them. I'm like, Christian, you got to talk louder. You got to talk louder. And it just, I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to fly it around the window and hopefully they get what they need. Oh, and God. miraculously enough, you did. Holy oh, God. God. Really, it looked great. It really did. I still remember in the opening shot looking for that one take where you fly just an inch above the power lines. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, by the way, that opening shot, that epic opening shot that will be in the director's cut, yeah. you know, I was flying it around our town, well, at least as part of Your town. Neighborhood, yeah. My neighborhood. And uh, I'm like, I, I kept like missing the house, trying to fly towards it. And then I got this stupid idea. Well, let me just start at the house, reverse the drone like a quarter mile back, and then we'll just reverse the footage and boom, done, got the shot. Thank you. Wait, so you almost hit a power line because you're going backwards. Yeah. Oh, but actually, I did hit a power line at one point, <laughs> which nobody really knows about. I do have the footage. I was trying to fly the drone. I was a quarter mile out and I'm flying. And the power lines, they're indistinguishable between yeah. anything else because they're so small. I hit the cable lines. The drone actually tumbles, and then it writes itself. And I was oh so god. damn lucky. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. When we were editing the opening drone shot, I took my phone out and just taped the the monitor off of my phone, and I was showing it to like two or three of my friends just off my phone, and they were all like, "Oh wow, that's impressive!" And I was like. Yeah, it is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> so I had like that smug moment of like nice. of like look what we did. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I feel like hours. it's like you know the little tiny things of how it could be better, but it's like look what we did. Like what that's true. Yeah. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening. We had a blast making house guest for Forty Eight Hour Film Project New Haven. More shorts to come soon, but in the meantime, check out all our Forty Eight Hour behind the scenes pics on our Twitter page at CT Filmworks and watch the film again with all your new insights on YouTube and Facebook under Connecticut Filmworks. We have several new and exciting fade-in episodes coming up, including interviews with the great actress Sarah Innes and the boys from the Writer's Block podcast, so keep an eye out for that. I don't know. I thought doing little webisodes, continuing on with the Dixon family, uh, I, that's sort uh, of... Are you trying to get us picked up for a season? <laughs> <laughs> well, I already talked to Billy about, remember the, teaching uh, Connor how to drive? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it would yeah, just yeah. be in the car with oh, me so in the passenger funny. seat, him in the driver's seat, and then Mitchell in the back seat, which is awesome. <laughs> and then sometimes he'd be there and sometimes he wouldn't be there. <laughs> Billy's available. We should He's shoot ready. the whole season in 74 hours exactly. or whatever. <laughs> 72. 72. Yeah. I'm bad at math. Well, the good news is Billy's available, I'm available, Cameron's available. Done. We just need to be in the inside of a car. It, it, I, it just popped into my head. It would be funny if, like, in that moment in the car where he disappears... Like, he looks out the window, and in the next car, he's, like, there staring at him from the next car over. <laughs> it's like, 
playing Pokemon Go, but only in a weird Mitchell way. That he literally is like jumping in different, different cars. And he's one of those people who would like strap his phone to the drone yeah. to do the Pokemon Go. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the drone is following them the whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>